Digital assets are a hot topic for corporate treasury, with many predicting that financial systems and the working lives of treasurers will change dramatically. Are digital assets a tomorrow problem, or are they something treasurers should be thinking about right now? In this podcast, we'll find out. I'm Jane Cooper, and I'll be talking to Wakar Chowdhury and Renee Michaud. They're both experts in digital assets at Standard Chartered, and they discuss why treasurers should care about digital assets, the questions they should be asking, and what they need to do. Well, hello, Wakar and Renee. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you here. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Great. Um, so, Wakar, can I ask you first, can we just clarify what it is that we're talking about? You know, digital assets is a very popular topic, but sometimes people get confused about what's what. Can you just define for us what it is we're talking about? What do you mean by digital assets and why are they so important and how are they disruptive? No problem. So uh, digital assets are a digital representation of value, um, such as cryptocurrencies or stable coins, which are sort of uh, included within the same bucket. And then you're talking about other tokenized assets that are based off of traditional assets or digitally native tokens, such as bonds or securities that may be deliverable and transact on a chain. And then, of course, uh, the new thing or of recent uh, developments is the NFTs or digital collectibles, as they call them. They can be stored, traded, and managed on a digital platform, usually on blockchain technology. So the reason that digital assets uh, have been such a hot topic and they may be disruptive to some degree to the traditional financial systems is because they offer a new way of exchanging and storing value. So what that means is that uh, some of the intermediaries that have been between transactions do become either obsolete or there is reduced requirement for them to exist. Uh, What this basically means is that uh, overall you're looking at uh, lower fees, most likely faster transactions uh, if the infrastructure is built to scale and can do the work that it needs to with the pace it needs to. And of course, uh, you know, the promise of blockchain is that there's got a significant amount of security, which is part and parcel of a traditional financial system. Um, The one thing that really sticks out of digital assets is the smart contracts. Uh, This is the self-executing code that makes sure that there is no involvement of a human being in complex uh, transactions that need to occur when certain events are triggered. And so there is a less a chance of uh, mishandling or mismanagement of assets. Uh, and what it does, it allows for a faster creation of product and some new innovative financial applications uh, to be built on top of those assets. Um, so hence this huge amount of disruption that we, we foresee coming through uh, various parts of the financial services ecosystem. Thanks, Wakar. That's a really helpful overview there. Okay, so Renee, I'm going to pick up on some of what Wakar said. So this is a new way of storing value. Blockchain has additional security. There's more things we can do. Can I play devil's advocate and say, well, do we really need the blockchain to do all these things? And what would you say to people who say all this talk about digital assets? Well, really, it's, it's kind of hype. What would you say to those people? 
Well, I, I guess that, um, there's some simple things around that. It's it's a reasonable perspective to have. And I think it's really important that we are quite challenging um, around this new technology and around digital assets. It is easy to get caught up in the hype and there's no denying that there's considerable hype as it pertains to digital assets, cryptocurrencies, tokenization, blockchain. I think what's really important is the fact that this does provide a simple construct, maybe it's simple in design, complex in technology, uh, for multi-party participation and for the construct exchange and programming of financial products to operate in ways that are not possible with the technology today. Well, the existing financial infrastructure technology. And you know, from that perspective, I don't think it's suitable for every single use case. And I think there are definitely places where you know, the answer is not blockchain, the answer is not digital assets. But from a standard chartered perspective, we see this with our customer. It's hard to deny customers demanding access to cryptocurrencies as part of their treasury strategies. Customers who are themselves investigating and building new solutions on blockchain technology. And you know, even customers switching to manufacturing or including the manufacturing of digital goods in their processes and interacting directly with cryptocurrencies and online spaces. So, you know, I, I think taking a universal position on whether or not this is all hype is is a limited view. There is definitely hype, but there are clearly participation benefits uh, from all sorts of different industries and from financial services in particular. Brilliant, thanks, Wakar. Can we talk about what this means for for treasurers then? I I do wonder if some treasurers are thinking, well, this is innovation that's sort of happening on the periphery and it's not something that I need to worry about now. Can you sort of talk us through where the greatest interest is and where the greatest impact is going to be for the treasurer? Sure. I mean, if you look at digital assets and what they offer and the potential significant impacts that you see for them, uh, for example, if we were to categorize uh, there, in my mind, five things. So you've got increased liquidity, possibly new investment opportunities, uh, changes in some of the risk management practices. um, And with that, looking at the regulatory environment that they operate within and what's coming down the pipeline because of digital assets. And of course, with the access to ubiquitous assets that move international boundaries without much of a hassle, there's going to be increased competition amongst organizations to have much better treasury operations over a longer period. So specifically what that means is uh, for an increased liquidity, you have a possibility to get access to faster, cheaper ways of funds transfers globally. This could also mean that this improves the liquidity position of uh, treasury operation. And of course, over time, what that means is that uh, it uh, ensures that the corporate funds are being used more efficiently. From an investment opportunity point of view, of course, there are new digital assets out there, uh, which are not your traditional money markets or uh, your government treasuries, etc. These are new asset classes being built. Uh, and what that means is that they may lead to a new opportunities for gaining intraday exposure for uh, risk on type activities. Now, 
also with that comes risk management with digital assets uh, you can be a little bit more precise because of the fractionalization element of them and to some extent uh, the data that is available on chain gives a lot more intraday instantaneous insight into what's happening on the market uh, when it comes to the settlement side and of course if you've got a, a good liquid asset uh, on your books it means that uh, you can access that asset and you know get rid of that asset as fast as it comes in um, with the regulation uh, what it would mean is that uh, given currently digital assets are and specifically cryptocurrencies are a highly speculative instrument and uh, for corporate treasurers to use something like this you, they will have to think about how do they risk manage and what that means from uh, regulation as to how much risk they can take and also that depends on the internal policies and procedures of the corporate treasury right what that also means is that with digital assets uh, being present uh, across the globe and because they are transferable uh, instantaneously all over the world, they do allow for new entrants to disrupt the traditional financial services, which technically also actually includes the treasury operations and the people who run treasuries. And that could possibly lead to an outsourcing of treasury operations if uh, you have autonomous smart contract-led treasury operations being managed by third parties. So there are some of the sort of more um, uh, nascent potentials and sort of impacts that I see or we see as a, as a bank uh, for our clients. They will need to worry about uh, what they specifically need to do because every treasury is different. And they've got their own needs and goals. And But uh, to be honest, with the digital assets, uh, what they bring is, is a step change in uh, what actually can be done today versus what is possible in the future. Okay, that's great. Thanks, Vakar. Um, so, Renee, do you have anything to add can you sort of give some examples of how the working life of the treasurer will change? I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that I'd follow on from from Wakar. I mean, it's already changing in that, you know, Wakar mentioned that they are risk on assets and in the overall treasury mix, we're already seeing corporate treasurers and, you know, investment firms look at uh, cryptocurrency specifically as a mix of the different investments that the treasuries are making. There is likely to be disruption to treasury operations, as Wakar mentioned, whereby either tokenized currencies, so stable coins as they look today, potentially central bank digital currencies in the future, there is significant opportunity to reduce lazy capital within treasury and be more efficient in the movement of funds to where an organization needs that. And, and that's kind of where a lot of the conversations today are. I think from a corporate treasurer perspective in particular, is it just about starting to trade crypto today? You know, is, is that the right thing to do? I, I think it's, it's really important to build technical expertise or grow technical expertise within Treasury on what these new financial instruments will allow in terms of efficiency gains, in potentially in terms of better returns and more effective deployment of capital and cash around a business. Um, some treasurers are being confronted with cryptocurrencies in particular, as I mentioned, in the digital goods space, where if you're a consumer firm, consumers may be paying in cryptocurrencies for digital goods, and the treasuries may already be having to deal with those challenges. It's difficult to buy hedging products from a bank today for those assets uh, on the balance sheet, but these are problems that are already starting to present themselves. So I think the one thing I would say is this is not really a tomorrow problem. It's not imminent for every single treasurer, but the need to understand how this will change financial services and treasury operations and investment is something that is a today problem. 
Okay, Renee, can I ask you a follow-up question then? Is this something that the treasurer's bank or banking partner should be able to do for them? Is there, do you think some people are thinking, well, I don't need to think this through really because my bank will take care of it for me? I mean, I think that that position is a logical one to take in that, you know, our role as banks is to innovate and provide services to our clients, particularly, you know, supporting treasury. But I think it depends on the bank as to whether or not they're already looking at that. Regulation is creating a situation where not all banks uh, are looking at this. From a standard chartered perspective, I think we have a long-term view that tokenization will fundamentally transform uh, financial services. As a result, we're taking steps today. We've launched a crypto custodian and a uh, crypto exchange as subsidiaries of the group under our SE Ventures organization. And we're looking to you know, further invest in this space because we believe that's helping us build the knowledge we need to provide these solutions to clients. And, and so I think that there are definitely banks out there that see this as a, as a material change and are already talking to treasurers and their teams about what this might mean for them. But I would encourage uh, treasurers to ask the questions of their bank if this is a concern for them. If you're losing sleep at night because you're, you, uh, you are thinking about what the impact might be, definitely talk to your bankers about that question. Okay, brilliant. So Wakar, if those treasurers are going to ask the questions, what questions should they be asking their banking partners? So I think you have to go back to fundamental principles uh, of the treasury operations and what they're faced with today. So, I mean, if you look at the recent surveys that were conducted, I think the top five, and this is in order of precedence, the issues that they have and the challenges that they have is visibility into global operations, cash and financial risk exposures, and they're dying for more digital capabilities. Um, they've identified uh, the third biggest challenge they have at the moment is they have inadequate treasury systems infrastructure. And of course, with treasury operations, because some of these 50 billion plus revenue treasuries, they look for liquidity all over the world. And that's the fourth biggest headache. And the fifth big biggest headache is while they're doing all that, they have significant FX volatility, right? So this was only published in November last year, a survey of more than 250 corporate treasuries. Now. While that remains the fact that these are the challenges that they face, and this is actually coming from top treasuries of the world, what they also have mandates and uh, while actually thinking about challenges is they have to enhance the liquidity risk management. They have to be the stewards of risk management for the company. They have to be a value-added partner to their CFO. Uh, they need to be able to scale. Uh, and support as the organizations grow, especially in high growth markets beyond Europe. And with all that comes governance and control over domestic and overseas operations. So when you put those two thought processes together, um, one promise that digital assets do come with, and as Rene said, this is not a thing of today or the next 10 seconds, this is coming into the future with the advent of digital assets, is the capability to manage global operations when it comes to financial risk exposures much more efficiently given intraday uh, settlements, which could be possible because of CBDCs or stable coins, 
um, the digital capabilities where they have instantaneous reports of their global operations available 24 hours a day, seven days a week and recalibrate because the liquidity is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and of course, with that comes, they need to be asking the question, okay, what is it that I need to do to my treasury systems infrastructure to be able to tap into that? And that's where the risk management controls come in, uh, the upskilling of the staff as to how they would actually understand what the digital assets do bring into the corporate treasury. And with that, of course, all the other issues around liquidity and FX volatility would sort of get addressed because you have a market which is actually transaction efficient, but available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that sort of in effect ensures that you're looking in the next 12 months and to get the banks that you're working with to uh, give them a run through of what the capabilities are that the banks are building that can enhance their own treasury systems to be able to leverage some of this into the future. Okay, brilliant. I'm afraid we don't have any more time left to keep talking about this. It was very interesting. I'd like to talk more, but I'm afraid we're limited with time. So I uh, just want to take this chance to thank both of you. Thank you, Waka. And thank you, Renee, for joining us. Thanks, Joan. Thank you so much for having us. A special thanks to Waka Chowdhury and Renee Michaud at Standard Charter for taking the time to answer these questions. Thank you for listening. To learn more, visit the Treasury Today website and read the article on digital assets that accompanies this podcast. And you can also listen to other podcasts in the Innovation at Standard Charters series at www.treasurytoday.com.